evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. I'm your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spoopy on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts and spoopy. And the spoops, I have no idea why this recording volume was so fucking low. Okay, we hope you guys heard the intro, but uh, anyway, we are here tonight. Um, technical difficulties. <laughs> Sorry about that. Back. I was like, why is the little, you know how when you're recording, you can see the little thingies? Yeah. Well, at the beginning, I was like, why is that so low? I wasn't paying attention. But anyway, so you guys, before, tonight we have a very special episode about the real story behind Courage the Cowardly is Dog. Courage the Cowardly Dog based on a true story? It is. And we're Maybe. about to ruin your childhood, sort of. A little bit. A little bit. Sorry. But before we get into the lovely story of courage, and we're from a small sound. Calm your body down. Bing. All right, guys. Well, as I said, we will be doing some more markets. Actually, one. There's going to be one before the end of the year. If you are in the Cincinnati area, please come out and support. I will be posting more. Once that gets close to the date. Otherwise, um, pumpkin spice bath bombs, they're here. They're going to be here all the way until the end of the year. They're still going to be available. Um, so any gifts, if you want to start buying early, they're, they're going to be here until the end of the year. So, um, and in November, there will be a sale. So uh, get ready for that through the end of the year. So a lot of good stuff coming. Keep checking back. Calm your body down on all the socials and Etsy free shipping uh, with everything you buy. Calm your body down. Bing. So you guys, how we actually got to this um, knowledge that we have Topic. was TikTok of, of all, all the things. places. Yeah. I think we both, the funny thing is, is I think we both separately saw it. And then you mentioned something to me about if I knew that there was it was based on a true story. And I was like, what? I saw that TikTok too. So when I Googled it, um, what brought up... So there was this article from Reddit uh, that points to a picture that I guess floated around Pinterest on top of that TikTok. Uh, and this Reddit thread says that yes and no about it being based on his true story. There's been countless theories for years over the internet. It's hard to pinpoint if it's actually true. Uh, there's no doubt that courage did terrify. Uh, the show is really crazy, especially if you go back and watch it now as an adult, it's like, yo, um, I was watching this probably way too young. Even my dad, even me and my dad talked about it. Cause my dad actually liked the show too. And we both were like, yeah, that show was kind of crazy. There were even some episodes that, like, legit scared me, not gonna lie. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> Did I do it anyway? Probably. Well, duh. Probably. But um, I wasn't allowed to because it was uh, horror loose-related, loose <laughs> uh, even though I was allowed to watch Scooby-Doo, but I was only allowed to watch Scooby-Doo because they were real people. I couldn't watch anything if it was actual ghosts or aliens or things of that nature. So Courage the Cowardly Dog, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, stuff like that I could not watch. But you bet your ass I snuck it. Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. I loved that show. Amazing. 
I fucking love that show. But I didn't start watching <laughs> Courage the Cowardly Dog until I was in my later years when I actually found ways where I could sneak it. And that show was really weird. <laughs> this show is this show was wild. It was it absolutely was crazy. So for anybody that uh just to give like a real quick synopsis of the show, uh Courage was a dog that lived in nowhere, Kansas, uh with Muriel and Eustace. Muriel was the sweet Scottish woman who used too much vinegar in her recipes. Eustace was this crabby old man that hated courage. And typically through each episode, something horrible would happen to Muriel and uh, Eustace would be completely oblivious and courage would be freaking out and trying to save Muriel because he just loved this woman so much. Um, we anyway, also, we don't deserve dogs. We don't. We really don't. Because a real dog would even be car- Even cartoon dogs. Like We, we don't, don't deserve cartoon or real dogs. So the Pinterest um, post that actually went up even before the TikTok had this picture of an image with a real house and the Courage House that said, fun fact, the middle of nowhere was an actual place located in New Mexico. The elderly couple who owned the house with their dog repeatedly witnessed many strange incidences. They once reported seeing a creature that identified as a skinwalker. After reporting what they saw, the family disappeared under strange circumstances. Only their dog was found. So this went around on um, Pinterest then later Reddit, and then later TikTok got on the bandwagon. So apparently this was going around even before TikTok. But um, the photo is not accurate. The story is semi-accurate. Um, it was actually a couple in uh, a town in um, Texas next to New Mexico. Um, and so that leads us to our article from thelineup.com by Gary Sweeney that was published in June of 2017. The chilling unsolved disappearance of William and Margaret Patterson, aside from the family cat, the Patterson household was eerily devoid of life. So Texas, not New Mexico, a couple, yes, dog, no, cat, yes. So, <laughs> and the cat was not named Courage, by the way. Um, so one of the most enduring mysteries in El Paso, Texas, was this disappearance of William and Margaret Patterson happened on the evening of March 5th, 1957. They left their home at 3000 Piedmont Drive, completely vanished, leaving a stockpile of possessions behind. Their disappearance was so abrupt that theories ranging from alien abduction, I guess I can see where the skinwalker thing came into the Reddit thread, to (laughs) espionage have been proffered. Um, At first glance, 52-year-old William Durrell Patterson and 42-year-old, his 42-year-old wife, Margaret, were an ordinary couple. They owned Patterson Photo Supply and were, this actually kind of sounds like the Maitlands for some member. Yes. (laughs) Like them just being a couple with no kids and like owning this little neighborhood store. I was like, this is giving me Maitlands vibes. Is Beetlejuice the reason why they disappeared? Because. They're actually out in the desert with the worm. They are. They are. Those fucking, uh, the sandworms. Yeah, fuck those things. Um, So they own Patterson Photo Supply. They were generally well-liked by their neighbors in addition to the photo business. William also owned a boat, a Cadillac, stock in boat companies, and property in Mexico. A few nights before their disappearance, the Pattersons invited friends, the Wards, who owned the Ward Motor Clinic, over for dinner. After the meal, Cecil accompanied William into the garage to help him apply acrylic to his boat. The wards later told police that neither William nor Margaret mentioned any plans to travel. In fact, Cecil added that he and William had made plans for later in that week. On the morning of March 6, 1957, 
Cecil opened his automotive business. He was met with a curious sight. William Patterson's Cadillac sat in the driveway. A man named Doyle Kirkland then came into Ward's shop. Kirkland managed Duffy Photo Service, and though he and uh, William Patterson were competitors, they were businessmen that were also close friends. When asked why he had Patterson's car in his possession, Kirkland brushed it off. He told Ward that he and William had worked on his boat the previous night and that the Pattersons were going on a little vacation, and he instructed Ward to fix a few problems on William's Cadillac. Concerned, Ward called the police. When they arrived at the Patterson house, they found it in complete disarray. Dishes from the previous night's meal were stacked in the kitchen sink. Piles of expensive clothing, including a fur coat, had been left at the cleaners with no instructions about storage. None of the utilities had been disconnected, and the newspaper and mail were still scheduled for delivery. Aside from the family cat, whose name was Tommy, the Patterson household was eerily devoid of life. So you would think somebody that was going to be taking an extended trip out of town, presumably Mexico, because, you know, they had property in Mexico, he had boats. You know, you could go down there, sail your boat, have a good time, stay at your rental property, whatever. You know, your first things, because you're thinking this is going to be at least for a couple of weeks, you're going to turn the water off. You're going to have the mail cut off temporarily. Um, you know, back then, these were just normal things that people did. You told, Even people to this day still do that. You have your mail shut off temporarily. You, sh you t turn your water off just to make sure none of your pipes burst or anything. You let a neighbor know you're going to be gone for a few days to watch over the house. You wouldn't just, you, you're going to clean and tidy things up, pack, and the house is clearly going to look like you packed and left for a vacation. That is not what this looked like. They didn't even, and you know, they loved, they didn't even leave anybody to watch their cat. So that right there, like if Cecil Ward hadn't called the police because he was worried about, hey, why is their car here? And I was supposed to meet with William later in the week. You know, nobody even thought, you know, they would have, I would have think that they would, uh, if they took great care and everything else, they would at least have somebody watch their cat. You wouldn't just leave the cat home Most alone, of the time, so. yeah. People will have, like, even if you don't fully house it, you're going to be like, hey, can you come over and feed the cat? Like, maybe not have to do the litter, because the litter, if for one cat, if the litter's big enough, but at least feed it. It's going to run out of food in a couple days. Exactly. And like I was saying, if it was an extended trip to Mexico, they're going to be gone for a while. It's a little bit. Like, a few days. It's like, take your cat with you at that point. Like... You would think, or but... drop the cat off with supplies somewhere. Exactly. Like that's that's a long ass trip. So, um, so <clears throat> Ward, I'm, I literally almost said cooperated. Listen, that's a tough word. It's definitely co-op, but you know, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so Ward cooperated with the police, telling them everything he knew about the Pattersons. He described William as boisterous and extravagant. Me and my emphasis on the wrong syllable tonight. He described William as boisterous and extravagant, <laughs> yet kind man. But as the questioning continued, a new side of William emerged. A ward recalled an event from a month earlier when William had gotten drunk in Juarez, Mexico, and picked a fight with a waiter. It turned out that William was dining with his 20-year-old mistress, Estefana Ard Ard I can't roll my tongue. Can you say that, please? Royo, thank you. Morphin, and the waiter had refused to serve her. This resulted in more questions about the Pattersons' lifestyle. Both William and Margaret were tight-lipped about their respective childhoods, except to say that they had been rough. William had come from Chicago, where he once worked as a carnival worker. 
Margaret's parents disapproved of William as a potential son-in-law and demanded that Margaret choose between William and them. You gotta love ultimatums. Margaret's friends... Never work out the way... They never... No. They sure don't. No. Margaret's friends later told police that she would not tell them her birth date exactly... Sorry. Her comma. birth date. Comma. Exactly how she and William had met. Comma. Or how long they had been married. William's father, Luther Patterson... That's all I needed to know was his father's name. Testified in a court of injury that he expected William and Margaret would disappear one day because William had the free spirited heart, free spirited heart of a carny. Luther Patterson went on to say that he was certain the couple was not dead and that William had done things like that before. William's mistress, Estefana Morphin, was also questioned and told authorities that William questioned having mentioned having to disappear soon and do it quickly. Morphin later retracted her statement. Then on March 15th, 1957, Herbert Roth, the Patterson's accountant, received a telegram. It was sent from the Western Union office in Dallas, where it had been commissioned via a phone call near the Love Field Airport. The sender was listed as W.H. Patterson, which was odd, considering William's middle name was Durrell. The telegram instructed Roth to act as a business manager of the Patterson Photo Supply Company. It also asked Roth to sell a mobile home owned by the Patterson's, Use the proceeds to support the store and to rent out the Patterson home for at least nine months. Lastly, the telegram directed Roth to hire a new store manager and replace William A. To replace William. A name was provided. The new store manager would be none other than Doyle Kirkland. The, tele- the telegram seemed to offer promising leads, <clears throat> yet it also compounded the mystery. For starters, it was ordered over the phone, meaning no handwritten original existed. Anyone could have placed the call to Western Union office in Dallas, and while the telegram surprising request certainly cast suspicion over Doyle Kirkland, no further evidence concretely linked him to the disappearance. By the 1960s, Kirkland left El Paso entirely, after which police lost track of him. Several witnesses... Seems like everyone's losing track of everybody. Everybody, No one knows where anybody is. I swear to fucking (laughs) God, in the 60s and 70s, it was so easy to just poof! Just gone! Gone. Bye. Gone. Gone. Out of here. Several witnesses claim to have seen the Pattersons outside of Mexico City in the years after the disappearance. Sheriff Bob Bailey tracked down a few hotel workers in Valle del Bravo and showed them photographs. The workers identified the Pattersons as the couple who stayed at the hotel for several months in 1957. Despite this, there was no record of the Pattersons having stayed and no signed register. On March 27th, 1964, the Pattersons were officially declared dead. You know, back then, too, and this kind of goes along. This so was it wasn't back even really a decade. No. It wasn't even a decade that they were 57 to 64. Yeah. And at this time, it's kind of like oh. going back to H.H. H. Holmes. You could use any name and at that time get away with it because... Well, you had nothing to search with. Who knew if that was even his real name? Was his real name William Patterson? I mean, it sounds like, I think that's why in the beginning when it mentioned something about if it was espionage, you know, it's really strange that, like, they were both so secretive about their lives to the point that you didn't know their birth dates. They didn't talk about their childhood. They, you know, besides owning... Who funded the money for them to open their own business? I mean, it's not like in even in the even in the fifties, 
you had to have some kind of money to open your own business or at least have some kind of collateral to give the bank to give you a loan to open your own business, which means they would have had to have had some type of substantial amount of money. And it sounded like she came from pretty meager beginnings. And if his only previous work history was as a carnival, was as a carny, he didn't, it's not like he was, you know, stacked up. So you're like, okay, this is really strange. Like who would have, how did they have all this prop? How did he have all these boats? How did they have this property? You know, and it, it makes me suspect too, that they were in, you know, even though El, pa El Paso was really close to Mexico, it was very easy to just go back and forth across the border back then. You didn't need a passport or anything. So it makes you wonder, too, like, how many properties did he really have in Mexico? Is that where his money was coming from? Like, what was he, what kind of business dealings or what kind of dealings period did he have down there? So, especially if they were from Chicago. So, who knows? Um, but the case went cold for over 20 years. Until a man named Ronaldo uh, Nagare. Nangare? Nangare, maybe? N-A-N-G-A-R-A-Y. -N 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 Ronaldo. We're going to say Ronaldo from now on. Came forward in 1984 with startling new information. Ronaldo had been the caretaker of the Patterson home, and he confessed to homicide detective Freddie Bonilla that he had found blood in the garage in a piece of a human scalp on the propeller of Patterson's boat shortly after the couple disappeared. I have a small question. How in the fuck do you know it's a human scalp? Did it have hair follicles on it, I guess? It would have had to have had hair on okay, it. Okay. I would I'm think, like, how in the fuck I would think know? it would have had, it would have had to have had hair on it. That's Because really... I'm over here like, how in the fuck did you know that well, was a human scalp? Well, and then scalp? from the pictures that we've seen of William, it looked like he was balding. So if it was William's scalp, there wouldn't be much hair on it, but then that's even more suspicious. Um, Ronaldo admitted to having cleaned up the mess. It all seems a little sus to me. Bruh, why in the <laughs> world would you see blood? Also, and why would you just be straight up 20 years later? Oh, hey. By the way, there was scalp. By the way, there was skin and blood in the fucking, and I just cleaned it up, and I'm going to tell you 20 years later. He also claimed to have seen one of Patterson's associates taking bloody sheets out of the home and throwing them into the trunk of a car, but he could not identify the associate. When asked why he had waited so long to come forward, Ronaldo said that he was an undocumented immigrant back in 1957 and that he feared deportation. Now that that's valid enough. Two years later, after speaking to the police, he died in a car accident. Hmm. That's convenient. Theories about the Pattersons. Why is it always car accidents? I'm like, hmm. Because sometimes Theories. you just gotta go whoop <laughs> and drive off the road. And give Jesus the wheel. <laughs> and clearly he doesn't know how to drive. Theories about the Pattersons' fate are numerous. Some believe that they were kidnapped and murdered. Others, I like, I think in one article I read that it was actually even like a, it was like a mob hit. So it was one of those like buried in the desert, never gonna find them kind of things. Others feel that William killed Margaret and then went on the run, or vice versa. Or Others believe that the couple was abducted by aliens. There are some, however, who speculate the Pattersons were spies and had simply fled when instructed to do so. I mean, I don't know. Like, they... That... I, I feel like it might even give more validity that they might have actually been spies. To be honest, 
like it could have given more um like maybe they weren't even actually married that just could have been part of the you know i don't know i don't know but what if it was an identity theft did you hear that gift not identity thief <laughs> my brain went um, all melissa mccarthy movies and i drew that one out um what's that spy movie she was in I don't think I saw that one. Mm. Is I, that the one with Jason Statham? I think so. I don't remember. No, that was the, the identity thief one, I think. Or identity theft. That one? Was it? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly have forgotten my point now. You're like brain. <laughs> brain. Everyone's on the podcast like, tut, tut, today, Junior. And I'm what? like, what's going on? <laughs> My brain's like, I worked so hard trying to remember what the movie was called that I don't remember. That now you're like, I lost it. It's gone. So the spy theory did gain traction in 2009 when El Paso County Sheriff Leo, these names, I apologize, um, Saman, Samaniego. Samaniego. I would say that's going with it. that. Yep. <laughs> was interviewed for a retrospective on the case. Samaniego told reporter Diane, Diana Washington Valdez that he believed that the Pattersons had been spies because of how quickly they vanished. Uh, Samaniego also relayed a story about William Patterson taking photographs of Fort Bliss and a military of sh military shipments on various trains. Whatever happened to the couple at 3000 Piedmont Drive, uh, residents, El Paso residents, have never forgotten the bizarre event and local lore surrounding the Patterson case persist to this day. Well, it's interesting enough because this article was from 2017 and God only knows how long it's been that the Pinterest and Reddit threads have been going around, uh, you know, mentioning rumors about and linking it back to Courage the Cowardly Dog um, having something to, you know, being connected to the story. Um, now, there's also another article that stated there was um, a friend, that there was another neighbor named Jerry Cash who had been selling Girl Scout cookies to William and uh, Margaret for some time. And uh, the day before, so it said they actually, let me see here. It says they actually disappeared on, so it was March 5th, which would have, I guess it was earlier in that day, that Jerry stated that she actually saw William and Margaret, but, um, to drop off their Girl Scout cookies and that she felt very unwelcomed and that even though Margaret was trying to be friendly, she seemed really upset and William was making it very clear that he did not want her to be there anymore, that it was almost like they were in a rush. So it would make sense that it looked like when the police visited the home that the home was left in shambles because they were trying to hurry up and leave. Um, and that's even more so why the uh, the former El Paso County Sheriff uh, Sam Leo uh, 
believed that they were spies. I think it's just, um, it's also, okay, they also spent extended vacations in Florida and Mexico. So they actually had property in Florida and Mexico, according to this other article. Um, so yeah, the fact that, and it just goes on to say the fact that they were so secretive and then this, um, it's really interesting. So the telegram, I, I feel like I have some theories with that telegram. I think that maybe it, that possibly that could have been Doyle Kirkland that set that all up. Cause I think it's really interesting to note that the telegram wasn't handwritten. Somebody phoned it in to be sent. I feel like a lot of that's to do with being able to recognize handwriting. Oh, you know, right. So that's probably Even better. So they that definitely wouldn't trace it back to him because they would have handwriting. They would be able to show other if they had something his, exactly oh, easily. If they had something with his handwriting, they'd be like, oh, yeah, well, no, that was him. If it was just a phone call, I there's think about no that. way to even prove it. Didn't even think about that. You're absolutely right. Everything would have been written by hand if he would have left. He had his own business. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there would have been receipts and paperwork and all kinds of things with his handwriting on it. Exactly. So, and he was like, fuck that. They ain't gonna know it was me. I'm not leaving anything with my... Well, even Margaret, they both owned it. So mm -hmm. there were things with Margaret's hand. So it wouldn't have helped having her handwriting either. Because both of them would have matched. Yep. To something. So that was really fucking smart on his part. To leave it to Doyle to make mm -hmm. it almost look like he had something to do with it, which is maybe why he upped and left El Paso. Like, you know, if the cops have no other leads except to think circumstantially that they can trace it back to me, they're never going to leave me alone about this. So I can mm -hmm. see why he left. Even, oh, if he had a, even if he had a business, even, they, even if that was true that they left him their business on top of him having his own business i wouldn't want to be i wouldn't want to deal with it they literally said the cops are grasping at straws at that point so mm -hmm. all they have purely circumstantially is to hold doyle kirkland responsible then they're going to put all the heat on him probably I tell even you, after they declared them deceased that's why they just needed to just do that they just they were faking their own deaths <laughs> they were like we're fucking out I'm telling you, too, you know, and there was even speculation that, um, which I feel like even more so with technology now, that that can be extremely debunked. That, um, say, for instance, say, for instance, if it was a mob hit or did have something to do with them being spies and someone did kill them, like execution style in the home, that would give you know credence to the blood supposedly being found. The guy said he found something, Ronaldo found like. 20 years later, you know, said 20 years later that he found. So you would be ground penetrating radar. They would, and, 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 uh, uh, dogs, uh, oh my God. I forget what they call them, but it's dogs that can actually, they will sniff out human remains. Like they had those dogs, they brought them to the, uh, down to ground zero at, in New York during 9-11 to look for people. Um, and they, you can still even use them. I, I've seen them since. So if they were, it's been rumored, that was another rumor that went around that they were buried somewhere on the property. Well, then that could easily, there's enough, um, what we have now in technology, they could easily debunk that. But to be I mean, here's the thing though, would, okay, so, let me do the math here. Because there's no, there's no way they would still be alive. 
So it was 1957. Yeah, no. Absolutely not. Because he was 52 years old. So even now, they wouldn't still, neither one of them would still be alive. They would be over 100. They'd be the oldest. He'd be 117 years old. So they're definitely I don't know about dead. you, but I'm pretty sure he's alive. They're definitely dead. <laughs> he's definitely alive. So, yeah. He'd be 117, she'd be 107, totally alive, totally believe it. Um, yeah, no, here's the thing. I think even by the 80s, when Ronaldo mentioned seeing the blood, that they were they were dead by then. I mean, they could have been, they would have been in their, eight, he would have been in his 80s. She would have been in her late 70s. I mean, even by then, you're still holding on to a lot of, you know, at some point, even by the 80s, you would have declared them deceased. You know, regardless. I really, I think that it's, I think with the location of El Paso being so close to New Mexico and Mexico, I think that and just the army bases, I think that's why the theory, and then of course this would, this would tie it to Courage the Cowardly Dog, because a lot of the stuff that was on the show was like really paranormal and aliens coming to get him. There was a lot of that on the show. So I think that later that's what's given more of the rumor that it was actually aliens. Because now where it started to the uh, connection between Courage the Cowardly Dog is that it wasn't even in Texas, that it was in New Mexico. So if everybody believed from seeing it on Reddit and Pinterest that it happened in New Mexico, that would give further credence to the paranormal alien, hell, even Skinwalker connection. Well, yeah, especially New Mexico. Exactly. Because Skinwalker, the uh, Navajos are very well known. Exactly. There, so. Exactly. So um, I think that that's more or less where that tie-in i think the alien tie-in thing happened much later when all of a sudden reddit got a hold of it and it switched from texas to new mexico which could which is a real easy thing to do they're not far from each other so i almost said they're right next to each other no that's arizona's in between them isn't it i believe so oh, yeah. i'm really bad at geography anyway i'm um, like is it texas arizona new mexico or is it texas new mexico arizona Actually, I think Same. it's Texas, New Mexico, Arizona. Yeah, hold on. I believe Texas <laughs> and New Mexico are right next to each other. And then New Mexico and Arizona, yes. New Mexico and Arizona are next to each Not other. Not me Googling an actual image of America. Got it. It's Texas, New Mexico, Arizona. We Yeah. And the reason I, I thought that I'm was not, because of the shape. That's the that's shape what, of Arizona. That's what was in my head. I had to go back. Guys, listen. <laughs> Um, horror, horror you got me geography please don't i no i'm not even in my own country i can't i can't get geography down i just i'm not good at geometry i'm not good at that either I, I suck at geometry um, and geography both of them so i think that that's more where later the connection with courage came more with the paranormal side I, though, now if we really want to get back to the true story of the secrecy, not really knowing anything about their past, um, 
not knowing anything. I mean, you think something as simple as knowing somebody's birthday, like if they're your friends or your neighbors and you want to have like a birthday party or take them out for their birthday or just something, just, bur you know, I mean, like that's just such a common thing that you do with friends. Yeah, it's, it's not like, weird to know your friend's birthdays. Not at all. Like get not together, go do something on your birthday, get you something for your birthday. Just, it's a very, very they would refuse to tell anybody their birthday. That's that right there is super. They'd be easier to find. You're hiding something. They'd be easier to find. Yeah. That right there, not telling people your birthday. I mean, with without a reason. That's the thing. There wasn't like a reason to not tell anybody their birthday. I don't unless, want to know my age. Unless it what we'll see. No, that's that's weird. That's bullshit. That's you can weird. tell somebody. Don't your tell them the year. Them Just the don't year. tell them the year. Yeah, just don't tell them the year. You don't have to tell them. You go, oh, yeah, it's June 6th. But just you don't have to tell them what year you were. June 6th, 1943. It's like, come on now. It's, there's so much. I think there's so much pointing to them being spies. Not to mention, this is all around Cold War. Mm -hmm. You know, you are. You're circling you're, it. You're circling it. I mean, we're right in the midst of, of all of that where there was espionage was not unheard of, especially around this time. I mean, this is really when you had these moments where you were like, hmm, hmm. Like, you really didn't know what was going on. I mean, and they could have very well, they could have been spies to Germany. They could have been spies to Russia. They could have been spies. I mean, who fucking knows? Yeah, who knows? You have no idea. You have no idea. This was all around. Well, and then what's even crazier, what's even, oh, see, this is nuts. What's even crazier is, um, and I don't mean to, to like really take it down a rabbit hole, but him having so much stock and there was like literally right between 56 and 57 was when the Suez Canal crisis was going on. So it's like, you know, there was just, there was so much right after the late forties into the fifties where we were really on, I mean, don't read up on what's going on now, guys, because you know you're really depressed. Um, but there's like, a reason I don't. We watch were the really, news. we were really on the brink of nuclear war. And I was we like, are... you mean like right now? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I said, I was trying so hard not to. We're not going to get doom and gloom. Everything's going to be fine. It's not like the movie Don't Look Up. Um, it's working. <laughs> Satire at its it's fucking not finest. It's not. It's not at all. Everything's fine. Satire at its fucking Everything's fine. Finest. It's fine. Everything's fine. Listen, after that um, movie, I literally was like, <laughs> did I just watch the last two years on screen? Because. <laughs> anyway. um, So, yeah. I think it's more really heavily even into, even into the early 90s. We there was so this was still going on. So you're talking 
from, oh my God, literally when my dad was born, from 47 to 91, you've got this constant back and forth through all these different channels and all these different things going on of there, of there being these really, really close times where like you really thought World War III was going to break out and there really was legitimate back and forth spies. I mean, you look up, uh, uh, what was it? Coco Chanel. A lot of people don't know about Coco Chanel and stuff going on, but I mean, there was a lot, there was so much going on then to tie in. Honestly, I think it, it makes a better story to believe that they were spies. I, I really honestly, do. I I was just about to say that too. That if any, if there's any type, especially of when theory, you brought up the thing about the no birthday, you can't be traced. The no there's writing. they clearly know that. Like in, in the sixties, all the property be, they had, all this money. Let's be real. In the sixties, you really didn't know about that shit. How did they know about that shit? Because in the 60s, you weren't thinking about criminology. You know, you weren't thinking about, well, if I write this down, they're going to be able to recognize my handwriting. You're not thinking about that unless you've been trained. And that's the one thing that I that gets me the most. And that's why I was going to say, I really think the whole spy thing makes sense. Because certain things that they didn't divulge, certain things that they didn't do, unless you were trained, why would you think about that in the 50s? In the 50s. Like, it doesn't make sense to me, you know? You really want to know how deep it is if you really jump down. And I'm not even going to say it's a rabbit hole because at this point, there's so much truth to point it out and enough vast amounts of enough evidence out there. The, uh, a very active Russian spy program going on at the time that, uh, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Um, sus. so you've got a, a known recruiting that, you know, it was, it's, it's similar to, you know, what we've heard in more modern times of Americans being recruited to ISIS. There was a stronghold of recruitment into these Russian spy, um, organizations, uh, underground factions and and different little hot and hives and things so there, there's been a lot of credible evidence to that um cuban missile crisis and all of that so i mean there was real there was a real real threat there was a real stronghold of russian spy activity here in the States in the late fifties and early sixties. I mean, it was real strong. So you're talking all around that time that everything was going on with these, with these two, that and gives even more of a credible threat. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't have a clue. You'd have no idea whatsoever. How do we even know that William Patterson was his name? We know that was Margaret's real name. You know, her parents, you have family, we have no idea if that was his real name. Not a clue if so William Patterson was his was real name. was he the spy and she married him? Well, he was also 10 years older than her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't even think he was a carnival barker. How, how are you a carny and you have enough money 
and enough know-how to know how to own stocks. He owned stock. He had boats, cars, a Cadillac. Come you ain't now. a carny. And he, you has got boats, a Cadillac. he has boats. He has boats, cars, properties in Florida, Mexico, and this didn't all come from you. Uh, he obviously you had to have money prior to them opening that business together, which sounds like which. Okay, listen. The more and more and more we're talking, that sounds like a money laundering front. That's all. That's all. That's that, what they were used that's for. A all lot of that times. Patterson Photoshop was for was to hide any money that they would have been bringing in. One hundred percent. Because just you launder it small back businesses. through the, just launder it back through the business. Small businesses like that were used for that a lot. Listen, there's a couple them. businesses. I'm not naming anything on air, but there's a couple businesses around here. I'm kind of like, hmm. what's y'all up to? How come I never see anybody in the parking lot of this establishment that you're still in business? I don't know. Listen, I and I'm I'm not talking about that fucking what was the thing going around about mattress firms? What was I'm not and I'm not even talking about that. Did you hear? Remember that was going around. Mm -hmm. That all these mattresses. I mean, that was like a real thing. I was seeing on YouTube. There were YouTube. There was like content creators making videos about it on YouTube, and I'm like, okay, full stop. Um, it's just gone more to online sales. They're not fucking like. There's, but they're like. There's actual. But that doesn't mean that 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 money laundering isn't the Ozarks, which I need to finish. I only watched the first season, and it was brilliant. That, that's what that whole show is about. So yeah, that shit is still. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, it's still 100 happening. Thousand percent, still happening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, now oh, see that's see now it's like now my wheels are spinning. Like the as soon as I I didn't even that didn't even dawn on me at first about the photo supply store. It's kind of like, like oh, one of those things easily. where it's like now you're you like know, piecing it together. The the little things that you read don't make a lot of sense until your brain starts connecting the dots and you start putting it together because you're a fucking criminologist due to all of the criminal shit that you watch as a kid and that you've watched up to now. And you can pretty much figure out things where it's like, sometimes there's coincidence and sometimes there's a little bit too much coincidence. You know? Also, kudos to him, because if he was really Russian and he had a fake American accent, good for him. <laughs> There's that, um... <clears throat> there was a show on FX for a while that I never watched, but that's exactly what this show... And I think that... I think Carrie Russell was on it. Hold, please. Hawkeye. It just made me think about this because I never, I didn't watch it, but I'm almost positive that. Oh, she's with, <laughs> she's with the guy in real life. That's funny. Um, holy shit, this sounds like them. Did they base this show around the Pattersons? This is nuts. So this, maybe I need to watch this show. If anybody ever watched, I know this is totally not horror related, but if you ever watched The Americans on FX, let me know if it's a good show, if I should actually watch it. Because now I'm wondering after we're talking about this, should I watch it? 
Um, it's set during the Cold War. The show follows Elizabeth and Philip Jennings, which are respectively played by Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese, two Soviet KGB intelligence officers posing as an American married couple. Oh. That live in a suburb of Virginia. Um, but now they have two children on this show. They uh, It explores the conflict between Washington's FBI office and the KGB there by following the perspectives of the agents on both sides, including their neighbor, who's an FBI agent working in counterintelligence. The series begins in the aftermath of the inauguration of President Reagan in 81 and concludes in 87, shortly before the leaders of the U.S. and the Soviet Union signed the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty. Okay, I probably need to watch this show. <laughs> that this show sounds, sounds really fucking good. If anybody did, like, seriously it watch again? this, it's called The Americans. I've heard that and that, that show was actually think, really That's what made good. me think about it, because you said the Russian accent, and I'm like, I don't think that, you know, that this... Their story is starting to sound a lot like this show, mm -hmm. except it started early Cold War, except, you know, this right. is more towards the end mm -hmm. of the Cold War. But it still sounds crazy same. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. I'm sorry. I said I read Ronald Reagan. I couldn't. It's stuck in my head now. Um, but yeah, like, that's exactly what it sounds like. Like, they very well could have been... KGB agents. How would we ever know? How would you ever know? Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. How would anybody know? <laughs> I mean, seriously, too, at this point, especially if people, you know, you have no documentation. This happened how long ago? You have no records. And at this point, now that they've been declared dead, it's even harder to open up anything. I'm telling like you, that. he's 117. They're alive. Totally. <laughs> and I I I almost called Carrie Russell Felicity. So that just shows everybody how fucking incredibly ancient and old um, I am. No, um, you stopped that. Because I loved that show so much. You stopped that. You are not ancient. <laughs> not ancient at Does all. anybody remember Felicity? Anybody out there remember? Eh. I actually watched it. I did not. I don't know why. <laughs> why do we do some of the things that I we don't do? Know. I, don't I have know. no idea. I don't know. Who knows? You want to be one of the cool kids. Um, did you have anything else? That was kind of a short not episode, really, guys. I was but, gonna uh, just, the only thing I was going to say was just about, about the whole spy thing. Because I, yeah. really, I really believe that theory. It just seems like a little bit I know it would totally too... be cooler if it was skinwalkers and aliens and really like Courage the Cowardly Dog. But they weren't in Utah. So that's the only thing that gets me. Or New Mexico. Yeah. They were actually in Arizona. They weren't actually in, well, Texas. Or Texas, I mean. I just keep thinking about Arizona now. <laughs> Um, so just a couple of quick fun facts about uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. It did run on Cartoon Network from 1999 until 2002. Uh, it was only three years? Yeah, four seasons. Wow. That's it. Yep. I... Maybe I just remember a lot of um, um, 
reruns. I personally think this show just was a lot for a lot of people. I think that it was just so there there might have just I think that there was so much it, it was almost like it was one of those shows that was like ahead of its time. Like if it would have come out just a few years earlier, maybe it would have ran longer because now you're starting to see people take even like really, really, really get into it even more now. Um and real quick, apparently it's getting a revival, or it did. Last year in 2021, Warner Brothers announced an animated direct-to-video crossover straight out of nowhere, Scooby-Doo meets Courage the Cowardly Dog. Really? So this was straight-to-video. It's a crossover film between Scooby-Doo and Cartoon Network, uh, or Scooby-Doo and the Cartoon Network show Courage the Cowardly Dog. Um, and it's literally a crossover. It's very strange. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, I guess you could make that happen. Uh, I feel like I've follows... heard about that. So but... Scooby-Doo and friends find suspicious objects in nowhere, Kansas, where Courage and Eustace and Muriel reside, as we said. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Um, Unfortunately, the woman that did voice Muriel uh, passed away in 2021. Um, and the gentleman that did voice, uh, let me see. Yeah, in the original voice of um, Eustace, he passed away in 2003. So the original voices of the characters. Um, yeah, just to give some quick fun facts about uh, Courage Cowardly Dog and if you wanted to revisit and find that crossover, uh, it was direct to video came out last year. So um, that might be kind of cool to catch at some point. But, I was um, checking. Uh, it, apparently the series is on HBO. Like the actual series. And it's on Boomerang too. Courage the Cowardly Dog is on Boomerang as well. It was the craziest show. It was but wild. Seriously, it was just... It was really goofy and funny. And like I said, I just think it was so ahead of its time. It really was. But I mean, it was definitely a part like that was right around like Dexter and Johnny Bravo and, and Dexter's all... Laboratory. I fucking love that Dexter's show. Boy, you've ever seen. But did he blow his experiments Listen, to steal the rings? Was everything. Like their dynamic together. Do you remember the one where he the could best. only say omelet du fromage, which was cheese omelet in Listen. French? And she's like, that's all you can say. Listen, that lives rent free in my brain. And the dog that he got to be able to talk and yes. it just kept saying, the thing, the thing, I gotta show you the thing. Yes. The thing, the thing. And then when he got him to stop talking, he was just barking over and yep. over. Yep. Dexter's Laboratory was superior. Oh, that show lives rent free in my head. I watched every fucking episode and powerpuff girls oh my god i'm still uh i feel like what uh not not buttercup when i was little I'm, I'm i was all bubbles buttercup. and then i grew up to be buttercup also maybe we're gay now because we had a big crush on that one woman who you could only see from the neck down listen she's red mm -hmm. you got that ass 
and the boobies. Just saying. She hot. Just saying. <laughs> so, listen. If, if you did not have a crush on a cartoon in the 90s or 2000s, like, were you even? Green Girl from Kim Possible. Stop. I don't even remember her name. Stop it. I don't even remember her name. I think it's Shigo. Shigo? Is that what it was? Was that her name? I don't know. She was hot. She was, yes. Hot. Shigo. Yes. yes. She was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. All the, like, listen. Immediately. <laughs> immediately. Immediately, yes. Huge crush. I've got a crush. Also, all these hot chicks that like cosplay as her. Let's keep that coming. Let's keep more hot. Yeah, let's chicks keep that coming. Cosplays. I want to see more and more and more and more and more. So yes, um, everybody had a crush on a cartoon character. Were you a person? Like, exactly. were you were you a preteen? If you didn't, no, you weren't. I'm trying to think of who At else all. I had crushes on. I had a crush on, I can't think of his name now, but Jane Trent, Jane's brother on Daria. If you did not have a fucking crush on Trent, what in the fuck was wrong with you? He, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why the hold he had on me. It's a cartoon character. Honestly, the biggest hold was her. But her... Him. Um, why can't I? They were Nickelodeon ones too. And my I can't, queer brain as a child. <laughs> I can't think. And it's funny looking back on it now because it's like, you were so gay. Oh, you poor little child. I know. It's so funny. Who was that chick on Dexter? Now Now I need to know. Now I need to know her name. Who? Dee Dee? Or, uh, not Dexter. Son of a bitch. Powerpuff Girls. Lord. Oh, I, uh, the whatever her the name mayor's was. The mayor's assistant. Whatever she was. Isis Bellum. I did Ms. have Bellum. to say, I did Ms. have Bellum's a crush hot. on Spongebob and that, uh, that is a lot now. Hot. Because he's gay as fuck. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Maybe I didn't have a crush on anybody from Cartoon Network. No, I'm not looking for Cartoon Network. I'm looking for Nickelodeon, bruh. I don't know. I feel like I did, but maybe I didn't. Maybe I low-key always had a crush on Buttercup. Right? Which which is kind of had a crush on Samurai Jack, too. Like, not gonna lie. Kind of had a crush on Samurai Jack. Don't, listen, don't ask. You don't know. This is like, it's very, it's irrational, okay? But like I said, in the 90s or 2000s, if you didn't have a crush on a cartoon character, like, did you even? Come on. I had crushes on video game characters. The, oh, yeah. My biggest one being I Lara mean, Croft. Come on. Who's, like, who, didn't? who didn't have a crush on Lara Croft? Because even now, like, she got hotter because the graphics got better. <laughs> Thousand percent. Um, Claire Redfield, the Resident Evil games. Huge crush. Huge crush on Claire. What was that? 
what was that one game? So awful. Oh, I can't remember that one game. It was a, it was some, oh, it was female led. Oh, I can't remember what that game was called. It's older. I was going to say you'd know better than me. Mm -hmm. I didn't. But see, no, I still have video game crushes. Lara Croft being one of them. Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. And Chloe Price from Life is Strange. Literally on the back of my phone. See, as the, we more, speak. the more real they got. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then the they, rem like a thousand they remastered Life is Strange, so the graphics are much better. And I'm like, Chloe got hotter. Lord God, I cannot. <laughs> When the video game characters just keep getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Like, hey, listen, it might get me to start playing. For There's a reason why I love the playing wrong, Tomb Raider all the time. For all the wrong reasons. You're a third person. You're behind her. So you get to watch her ass the whole time. Nice. It's a great time. Great time. Nice. I'm like, men shouldn't look at women like that. And I'm over here like, <laughs> I can see your butt. Listen, it's, it's terrible. I've been guilty of the same thing. Like, hey, eyes up here. Meanwhile, I'm looking at tits. I love what, nice, what's her name? Jane. Nice look at. Or not Jane. Um, She's in Lynch. Jane Lynch. I love what she said. She goes, she was looking at a cover of Sports Illustrated and she said, as a lesbian, I'm delighted. But as a feminist, I'm disgusted. And I'm Listen. like, I have never felt something so strongly. Yes. 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 Walking into Twin Peaks and being like, yes, as a horror fan and a feminist, I'm disgusted exactly. because I thought it was a Twin Peaks cafe. But as a lesbian, I'm delighted. Exactly. It's conflicting. It's very conflicting. Who doesn't like boobs? Anyway, they're boobs. So next week, guys, we'll end it on boobs. There you go. Um, or what that guy said, what, you know, for Mystique. Bloops. Because they're blue. Bloops. Great. Now that's stuck in my head. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed. Um, this was an interesting one. Kind of out of our norm. We did we didn't mean for it to get conspiracy, weird government, nuclear war, world war three, weird. Um, sorry, please don't just Think happy thoughts. Everything's okay. It's gonna be fine. Um, watch some horror movies. It's spoopy month. Let's 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 focus on the good shit. Let's focus on the good shit. But if you're thinking about revisiting Courage the Cowardly Dog, you know it kind of might make you look at the show a little different now, knowing a bit of the backstory behind it or possible backstory. Um, so there you go. Um, but next week we are actually gonna be talk. This was actually a pick of mine. It was. Yes. Um, because this, I totally forget how I even found out about this story, but this story is wild. And it just goes more to show there is some crazy shit in Pennsylvania. Have we even There's been to a lot in Pennsylvania? No. We I think next year, well, we want to do Trans-Allegheny. Okay. It's a lot. Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum next year. So maybe, maybe. I think I might have either either come across this on one of the many ghost shows I've watched, but um, we're going to be talking about Hillview Manor, which was essentially a poorhouse, mental asylum, elderly residency in Pennsylvania. 
that uh is now like um it's full on haunted. It's just another one of these haunted it's super haunted places in Pennsylvania and there seem to be a lot of them. Uh and I feel like we just I feel like we just talked about talked about Pennsylvania. What do we talk Oh, uh Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> cold place. <laughs> no. Our brains are Our getting last, to the end of the night. Sorry, so guys. We're, we're, it was last month's episode and uh, uh, Penhurst. Penhurst. I literally just got here. I was like, my Brian. Lord. Sorry. Guys. Hi, Brian. I apologize. <laughs> my goodness. Um, but yeah, Hillview Manor actually, uh, and you can you can totally tour it. You can take a tour of the place. You can book tours online. Um, it it looks like any other scare. They also do a, a regular like scare around Halloween as well, like most of these places do. But I mean, this place looks like any other full on creepy, just with a really crazy history and crazy past and so many of these places seem to there's usually just a lot of death a lot of sadness um actually yeah ghost adventures has been there that's one of the more famous places that i've visited uh oh portals to hell that's how i found out about it mm-hmm portals to hell yeah. portals to hell was how i found out about it so everybody go back and watch that episode we Listen, huh. unless you can still find humor in Ghost Adventures, at this point, the two best shows I recommend, Portals to Hell by far is top notch. I've always had mad respect for, for Katrina Weidman, but there is something about her and Jack's Jack together. I really hope they come back together. It just, they, they're, they were just brilliant. They were brilliant together. Um, and Destination Fear, which is coming back this year. That group is great. I love that show. The first season was kind of, eh, you know, I think they were just trying to get their footing and maybe set themselves apart from the other shows because the main guy, Dakota, did previously work with Ghost Adventures. That's kind of in his background. Um, but the second and third seasons, the show just got better and better and better. I So the two top ones, I and both of them, Discovery Plus, five bucks a month, guys. Destination Fear and Portals to Hell. Two best top notch, top notch paranormal shows. And what's amazing, amazing is following Katrina Weidman through her entire career. Same. I remember Paranormal State. Mm -hmm. That's when she was a baby. Mm -hmm. She was a baby in the paranormal field. And I remember her being the assistant to the main guy in that, which that show stopped. Paranormal State was my... First time, yep. And then she was in, what was in between that and Paranormal Lockdown? Was she on Ghost Hunters? No. No? Mm -mm. No, I didn't think she was. No, she was never on Ghost Hunters. She was on something, I think, in between there. And then she did Paranormal Lockdown with Nick Groff, who came from Ghost, Ghost Adventures. Adventures. And now she's doing Paranormal Lockdown, or Paranormal Portals to Hell. I'll get there. And with Jack Osborne, she has grown so much. And there was one, the last episode I watched was, I believe was the last episode of season three. Um, she was saying things that I'm like, 
I want to be besties with her because she is the same as us when it comes to paranormal things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I would give my left tit to be able to do an investigation with her. I think that would be the coolest thing ever because I respect her so much in the field. She knows what she's doing. She's respectful. She's kind to the spirits. And I would honestly give my left nut to do it with, or my left nut. I don't even have one of those. My left tip for both of them because Jack Osborne is his dad. And again, there is no, but uh, we, we've got no sponsorship, no money from this at all. But um, Discovery Plus does have a show that premiered. There's a lot of spoopy stuff going on the network this month, especially. Um, there's a great show on there. It's amazing. It's actually Jack Osborne going back to the family home that him and Kelly and Amy grew up in when they were kids. And there's been, he tells really crazy stories. I mean, people that have known him since he was a kid are like, we're totally not surprised that you're into paranormal stuff now and that you're doing this because he, um, you know, and coincidentally that's the home that where they found out Sharon had cancer, where Ozzy got into the infamous ATV accident. Um, God, Say so many prayers for that family, guys. I just love the Osbournes so much and, you know, Ozzy's diagnosis and everything. That is a true, true, true rock legend. Um, and, uh, but yeah, please, I urge everybody to watch that show. That house is in, that house is crazy. Um, the history they find out about that house and the land, and it was an asylum at one time. Mm-hmm. This was their house. Guys, please, I urge you to watch it. Um, there's also an amazing documentary on there about Robert the Doll. Oh, my God. Highly yeah, there is. recommend watching that. Those shots. Doesn't docs, Zach own him now? No. He no, doesn't? That's okay. Harold the Doll, different haunted Harold, doll. that's right. You're um, right. Yeah, Robert does not need to leave Florida. Is Robert the he one where you, right? that people send him stuff because they look at him and he... If you disrespect him, he that's what it will is. curse you. Yeah, people that's have written is. letters apologizing to him, being so sorry that they didn't ask permission to take his picture. They didn't mm, say hello yep. to him. They didn't say goodbye to him. They teased him. And then, like, really, they interview people that had several people, like half a dozen people were like, um, I got cancer, my mom died, I lost my job, car accidents, house on fire, like a lot of horrible things happened to me um, because of me disrespecting this doll, and I believe. And I'm just like, hey, yo, me too. Totally. Well, and just the story behind the family, the little boy getting him, um, we need to do a Robert the Doll episode. I, I was, you were just talking about that. Have we never talked about Robert the Doll? Nuts. Okay, well, watch the shock doc on discovery plus and at some point we will be bringing you a robert the doll episode because it is a wild story anyway guys it's exactly exactly Um, exactly like annabelle though because it's it's the person that um teased annabelle was like you're behind that glass you can't do anything to me and then left and got and got into an accident and died yeah, but there's been more. Robert is visited so much more than. Oh, Annabelle I know. Is well, you can't visit Annabelle book. now. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you you could. Before, there's tours. But... Well, no, there's there's Tony Spira. They're doing. You can't visit in the museum, but they they were doing a tour. Um, they were in uh Connecticut, or they were. It was it was it was all encompassed with the Conjuring House and Andrea Perrin spoke. Anyway, I would actually really like to see Annabelle in person, but like from a far distance and 
like a tornado. I do not. Over there. I do not. Over there. Bless me. Bless my family. (laughs) Bless your mom. Bless your dog. Bless your dad. (laughs) But anyway. Yeah, I think I think that was everything. Yeah, I think we got it. All right, my dudes. So tune in next week for sure for some more spoopies. Um, God, I can't believe we're getting down to the single. Like, what is it? Three weeks from two weeks from Monday is Halloween. Yes. Fuck. Okay, so you guys, um, we have all the socials: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All at DFWTO Podcast. Handle is DFWTO eighty eight eleven. Please follow us on Instagram. Uh, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcast. You will always know when we put out new episodes. Give us a subscribe. Leave us a comment. And if you have any questions, questions, concerns, or want to say hey, please feel free to email us at dfwto8493 at gmail.com. Yes. Is that everything? I think we got it. Awesome. All right, my dudes. Well, enjoy the actual fall weather that we're having. Yay! Halloween ends comes out this Friday, even though we're going to see it tomorrow night. Comes out yes, this Friday. It technically comes are. out on Thursday night, depending on your theater. But we are going tomorrow night to see it. I watched Halloween Kills on Sunday. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. I'm going to fucking cry. I can't wait Probably. for this fucking movie. I genuinely am going to be like a child. Um, But yeah, I can't and wait Jamie to see Lee it. Jamie Lee Curtis, we love you. We really love you. You're amazing. Can you come back to Horror Hound, please? That would be great. That'd be awesome. Can you bring Fira, Mar- Fira, Vera Farmiga? Jesus, ma'am. <laughs> Can you bring back Fira Farmiga, please? It's okay. It almost, you were there. Was I was like, there. It was close enough. All right, my dudes. We love you guys. Be safe out there. Go see Halloween ends. And remember, watch Chucky Night. And we'll go see Terrifier 2. Oh. Have you Ghost seen this shit going, about, going out listen, around about that? Listen, guys, guys, go see Terrifier 2. We need to see Terrifier 2. Um, and just friend of the show, David Howard Thornton, thank you so much. And <laughs> we are so happy of all the success that Terrifier 2 is getting. You deserve it so much. Um, mm-hmm. Also, guys, he's going to be playing the Grinch in a fucking crazy ass horror rendition of the Grinch. I can't gonna be wait coming to out. see this. Um, I have been dying, dying to see a horror version of the Grinch. Can I tell you how fucking ecstatic I am for that? Especially keep that coming, he's doing it. Keep it coming, David. We could not be happier for you. Please come back on the podcast anytime, anytime you want. Did you hear what he said? No, you, we just love you. So someone on Facebook was like, Talking about how people are vomiting, people are passing out and leaving Love the theater. It. And he so said, excited. he's like, it's because they saw my tush. And I was fucking dying. I was like, they saw his butt and they were. Didn't we see his butt in the first one? I don't remember. It's been so long. When he I had was... the chick's hair. I think I can't he was like walking like that it's one of my but favorite fucking parts in the first I, one. I love Terrifier so much. So and I know same. some people just... And I'm usually not a gore... We've talked about this. I, I walk a fine line with, like, gore horror. Like, just, just for the sake of it. But, like, Terrifier just does something different. I, I just... I can't... I, it's some... Art the Clown is this just... 
We've never seen anybody like him in horror before. It's like all of these other villains had a reason and Michael's going after his sister and Freddie's going after your dreams and Jason, you know, is camp, there. camp counselors and who have sex and smoke weed. And uh, like, it's just, it's, it's all of these reasons for every other movie villain. Art has no reason. He is sick. He is depraved. And all he wants to do is massacre you in the most depraved ways possible. And you can either get down with that or not. I don't know. Terrifier did it for me. I loved it. And I am just, I'm so excited. It's just, it's because they knew what to do with this. Gore can, this is how you make gore work. You see Terrifier, you see Terrifier and you see Terrifier, Terrifier 2. We're getting to the end of the night. I'm getting tongue-tied. These, this is how you make gore work. I'm wondering, if you want to do gore and horror, this is how you do it. I'm wondering so, if the people that have seen this that have had the adverse reactions ever saw the first one. Probably not. Because I'm you like, you saw the first one. If you didn't see him literally saw a woman in half and they showed it, <sighs> which is actually Brilliant. my personal favorite kill in any horror movie ever, because I literally was like, good. they're not going to show it. They do. And I I did a bad thing and I went to the violence and gore section of Terrifier 2 because I wanted to see what everyone's fuss was about. I wanted to see, because I can't see it yet. The mashed so I'm potatoes. Like, I wanted to see what everyone's fuss was about. So The I, mashed potatoes. I read the description of the, the scene that apparently everyone's losing their minds over and I was like. Is it the mashed potatoes? It's what he does to What's-Her-Face. I can't remember her name. Um, There's something that happens with mashed potatoes that I'm, that's been in, going insane. And now I'm like, Oh yeah. What? There was happened? no mention of mashed potatoes. I don't want to but... read anything. I just want to know. I want to see it because I want to know what happened. The thing God that I read, potatoes. this is going to sound really fucked up. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Don't. I was going to say, don't like ruin it. It's really not a spoiler at all, but I just was very curious to see what everyone was losing their minds over. And it was that it was a scene that I read and I was like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And see, it's we're we're desensitized. That stuff doesn't bother us. Like we're just like, I just remember watching the first one sitting there thinking, I cannot believe they just we just watched them saw a woman in half. And they didn't cut away. The camera kept on her. And I think that's why Terrifier is doing as well as it's doing. Because you're watching a movie where you feel... Because nine times out of ten, when you watch a horror movie, when they do stuff like that, they they turn the camera away when it's extremely gory or violent like that. And they don't do that in Terrifier. And it's different. And it's new. And I like it. And... People may think I'm super fucked up because I enjoy violence in movies, but I'm like, it's not the violence. It's the, how the fuck do they do that to make it well, look so and this fucking is, real? And this is done in a way that's like, it's it's brutal, but it's it's cartoony. What because is the word? Campy. It's very campy. Guys, we got, listen, if the MPAA didn't have the hold that it had on horror in the 80s, we would have seen some fucked up stuff in Friday the 13th and a lot of those Friday the 13th movies. It's not like there haven't been brutal things in horror movies before. It's just that this brutality is like, it's so campy because it's like, 
you know this guy doesn't exist they clearly killed him and, and he came back like you know this isn't you know this isn't real so to take it seriously is like come on what are you doing this yeah i love that someone I actually took a picture of somebody's vomit in the theater and oh can we not, can we not do that i was like can we not can we not just and I just keep saying, that. I love that they're giving out Terrifier 2 vomit bags. Low-key want one. That's so old school. Low-key want one. That is so... You know what I love about that? Is that is old school. That's taking it back to, like, the B-movie horror movies where they would tell you, this movie is so horrible and grotesque, it would make you vomit at the sight. I mean, those... That is a moment in movie cinema history that we will never get back. And for them to just, God damn, I love you guys. So happy with what you, Damien, David, thank, just, I'm, I'm so happy for you guys. I'm just so happy for you guys. You guys are doing something with horror that, you know, you're, you're bringing this originality that we've been so desperate for. And I'm so happy to see you guys. It's fucking awesome. Hell Can't yeah. wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. Hell All right, yeah. guys. Now. We will TTYL. <laughs> you guys have a great day. We will see you next week. And of course, remember, don't fuck with the original. Okay, bye.